everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday. It is February 10th. It's 2020. We have nine basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. I am joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Well, life is good. I had a nice little weekend. Took took a few days off. Didn't even end up playing XFL, which was a little bit surprising. But, man, just going through everything. This isn't even a heavy – like, figuring out all the new rotations. It's always fun. Luckily, we got the all-star break, so I can look through things a whole bunch more. But it's going to be an interesting second half of the season. Yeah, I'll be honest. It's Daytona 500 week. I do not play a lot of NBA this week. So, like, it is definitely a one lineup night – per night type of week for me so and like if i wasn't doing the podcast and i didn't have to do research for like premium content like i probably wouldn't play at all but if i'm gonna do the research and stuff like i'm gonna play one team so um let's jump in we'll talk about this nine gamer uh we do have some vegas totals not not as many as we were kind of hoping for but we get started here with charlotte at detroit no total in this game not shocking right um Nicholas Batum is out. Cody Martin is out. And then on the Detroit side, Blake Griffin's out. Kennard's out. Civvy's out. Derek Rose is doubtful. And Brandon Knight is questionable. Um, let's start here with the Charlotte side of things. Charlotte, you know, they kind of did some buyouts, um, you know, through through this whole process. So, like, Michael kidd Grochris is gone. And um, oh, who's Marvin Williams is gone. So, like, the minutes should be pretty secure here for Charlotte moving forward, which I kind of like. Um, what are your thoughts when it comes to Charlotte in this matchup? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. Obviously, Detroit's a little bit of a different of a team. Zeller has kind of been up and down in terms of minutes recently, and now he's getting a matchup versus Detroit, which I think that with if Morris comes back, they're probably not going to go with Thon too much in this game, probably throw Christian Wood in the five going up against the Hornets. So I think Zeller, although he's only had 21 and 13 minutes in the last two games, could potentially be in for a little bit extra workload. I still have to look into it more, but as of right now, he's a guy that I could potentially go with. Bridges, his price being where it is at 6.2K, he's been playing the minutes recently, and this isn't a horrible matchup for him, but probably a guy that I'm going to end up crossing off my list. It's not the worst play in the world. Rogier, pretty much the same thing as always. He's getting He'll get the minutes. He can get the usage, but not the guy I'm looking at. It's really kind of the same thing that we talk about almost every single time. Graham is the guy, 7,100, probably a little bit too cheap. It's right where he's been priced around, but he's just coming off a 50-point game. Had a rough stretch after coming off that sickness where he didn't do too well for a few games. Maybe uh, box score watchers are probably going to pay attention to that a little bit too much, but he came into the last game in good form. Going up against Detroit is not a bad matchup with all the injuries that have happened. So I think Graham is the main guy I'm looking at, potentially Zeller, depending on if Morris ends up coming back. Yeah, like I'm not going to argue with you on Graham. I think he's in play just about um, any slate. Um, The guys that I'm kind of looking at here, like I I think Bridges plays minutes. I think he's fine. I I just think Malik Monk plays just around the same amount of minutes, and he's team bench. Um, He's going to get that second team usage. So – why pay up for a guy like Bridges when I can pay down for Malik Monk and get a few extra, few less minutes and more usage? And the other guy that I want to point out here is PJ Washington. Um, you know, with Marvin Williams gone now, like PJ Washington should play around 28 to 30 minutes a night. And, you know, he got the start the other night against Dallas. He should draw another start here. He's too cheap. This guy is a guy that has 30-plus point upside, and he's just he's too cheap here at 4,400. So I think P.J. Washington and Malik Monk are, like, my two main targets um, from Charlotte in this game. Outside of that, they really spread the minutes around everywhere else. Like, Caleb Martin plays minutes. Biombo plays minutes. Um, Jalen McDaniels played a lot of the fourth quarter the other night. I know it was kind of like a game that was ugly against Dallas in that one, but you know, I just – for me, I'm looking at Malik Monk. I'm looking at P.J. Washington, and I think you could play Graham, like I said, in any matchup. Um, let's go to the Detroit side of things. You know, obviously, Drummond gone. Um, a lot of guys questionable or doubtful are out. Um, but, you know, we saw now Christian Wood's going to play 30 minutes a night. He's 7,200, but he gets a fantastic matchup here against Charlotte. It's hard not to like Christian Wood, even at his price point in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, it's a matchup versus Charlotte. They're the worst team 
in the league going up against Diggs. Morris has been out for a while. It looks like there's a pretty good chance that he's going to play. He's listed as probable right now. So Wood, even at 7,200, he's just been absolutely crushing. And I expect it again here going up against Charlotte. Uh, Thon, don't know if I'm going to end up going with him. I mean, he's priced at 4,300. He has had some good games recently, but I'm not really certain how it's going to be affected his minutes with Morris coming back. I assume that Morris would end up taking up most of the minutes. So those 30 minutes for him are probably going to go back down to 10, 15 again. And so he's really not a guy that I'm looking at. Bruce Brown comes back, but with these got with Wood, with Jackson eating up all the usage, he is getting all the minutes. He has a potential to go off in the spot here. It's not a bad matchup versus Charlotte. And he has been shooting bad recently, but I don't see a ton of upside with these other guys eating up the usage in this game. So he's a guy that I'm going to cross off the list. Reggie Jackson priced at 6,600. There definitely is some upside. He's been taking a ton of shots recently, like 17, 18, 24, 16 in the last four games and 16 shot game. Shot terrible, and he only played 24 minutes, but he's getting low 30s minutes. Throw's still out. I expect him to be around the same volume again. If he gets hot, he can absolutely crush. He's been one assist off of a double-double in two of the last three games here, 6,600. I think there's still some upside of that price tag. Like him a lot. Outside of that, like, Probably not any other guys I'm going to go with unless Morris, we hear that he's going to end up playing enough minutes. Like, he's been out for a week and a half. They could ease him back in, but I don't think they really have any desire to just ease him back in. Wouldn't be a surprise if he was around 30 minutes. Probably an uptick in usage without Drummond there. So, I don't mind him unless we hear about a low or a minutes limit in his first game back. Yeah, um, you know, obviously I hope we get some kind of clarity on minutes, but we might not. Um, but I think, like, you know, Demboya is a guy that probably loses minutes here. So, a guy that I – I like links in Galloway. Depending on, like, what type of value opens up today, I think Galloway's in play. He's going to continue to play 30 minutes with Sevy and Rose um, out. So, I like Reggie Jackson, too. It's just – it's really hard to stomach paying 6,600. Yeah. I know, I, I know it's tough, but like without Drummond there with Griffin still out, like he's not a guy that we wanted to pay this much for in the past, but the usage has been consistent and he's been involved in other facets of the game. Like, I don't know. I got it. It's always tough to pull that trigger on that price tag, but I honestly, he's paid it off in the last three games. I expect him to do it again. Yeah, you know, 30, 28, 34, 30 usage rate uh, for Reggie Jackson in the last four games. If he's going to continue to have a 30% usage rate, he's probably too cheap. Um, so, like that call, um, got to look into that. I, I just need to look into it a little bit more. So, Yeah, it's it's not a normal thing that you say is Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson having 30% usage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Brooklyn at Indiana taking on the Pacers. 220 total here. Pacers favored by seven in this game. Kyrie out. Everybody else good to go in this game. Um, two pretty healthy teams here. Um, anything standing out to you on the Brooklyn side? I honestly don't think so. I mean, Levert's been absolutely crushing recently. Been playing low 30s, high 20s minutes, and putting up 18 to 20 shots in the last few games since he started getting the start and playing all these minutes. And I expect it to happen again. He's probably going to see a similar usage rate, but He's gone up against some fairly fast-paced teams, Toronto, Golden State, Phoenix. So that's why he's had a high volume of shots, and he shot really well, six or seven from three. He's shooting 65% from three over the last three games, the ones that he's actually outpaced his current price tag. And he's been shooting really well from the field, too. I don't really expect this to continue. Then this is not the type of matchup where it's probably going to happen. If he's going to go unowned, then I think that you can definitely take a shot on him. But matchup versus Indy, a slower-paced matchup, I don't really expect him to do what he's been doing recently. He's definitely going to have a tougher time, and he's due for a little bit of variance. Dinwiddie, price at 7900 tournament flyer. Like I know that he's had some rough games recently since Burton came into the lineup, but he did have a good game going up against Toronto last time. Very easily could end up doing it again. I don't know if I'll end up going with him. I definitely don't mind if he's going to come in low-owned a good spot Jared Allen can't really trust his minutes not a guy that I really want to go with he's been playing too few recently they might need a little bit of size but it, there's no reason to think that Jordan might be the guy that takes it he's priced at 5k I think he offers a little bit of upside but Sponis is going to eat into his rebounding totals so not a guy I'm going with Prince 4900 not a guy I'm going with 
Like, it's fine. It's a decent tournament flyer, but I have no real interest in playing him. Joe Harris, Temple, both always in play in tournaments, but this is not a good spot for them. So, realistically, I'm not going to be surprised if I don't end up playing a single person from the Nets in this game unless Levert's going to come in at low ownership, which after what he's done recently, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't have a ton of interest in Brooklyn here either. Um, you know, tournament darts, I think Dinwiddie, Levert are tournament darts here. Allen's always a guy that is a potential tournament dart, but like him and Jordan have just really just been splitting the minutes. I just don't see a ton of upside for either one of these guys. Um, the person that I really like in this game is Brogdon on the other side. You know, Brooklyn's been a team this season that allow the top five fantasy points to opposing point guards pretty much the entire season. Um, they allow the third most fantasy points to opposing centers. So like your two main pieces on the Pacers in this game that, you know, you want to play usually Sabonis and Brogdon are in fantastic matchups in this game. Yeah, I really like the matchup for Brogdon. I like the price tag, 6,900. He hasn't been crushing this price tag recently, staying around the mid-30s in terms of fantasy points. But the minutes are there. The shooting hasn't been great. If he has a good shooting night, he can absolutely end up crushing his price tag. Sabonis has been weird recently. Like, he just has not been doing great. And they haven't brought down his price tag at all. He's still sitting there at sixteen or 9,600. It's a decent match. If it's an up-paced match, he absolutely has the ability to get that 60-point upside. But he hasn't been paying off his price tag consistently. It's strictly a GPP play for me, which is weird considering Zabonis was pretty much only a cash game play earlier on in the season. But at his price tag, I just can't justify playing him in cash just because he hasn't. He has been a little bit inconsistent recently. And with El Depot eating up a little bit more of the usage, Sabonis just hasn't really been getting it done. Old Depot, on the other hand, is now down to 4,200. He has not been paying off much more than this price tag since he came to the league. But you look at the shot totals, 11, 14, 17, 14. In the last game, he got held out of for rest reasons. So he should be right back playing probably 28 minutes again. If he has a decent shooting night, he can absolutely crush. Oladipo could be one of my favorite plays on the entire slate at this moment. I did not realize Oladipo was that cheap. <laughs> yeah, they just keep dropping his price tag because he's not like he, shooting great. Did they did they drop it because like he like didn't play the other night because of rest? Like <laughs> he played twenty eight minutes against Toronto. I think they dropped it points. in that game too. Like he had another bad game and they dropped it down even when he was resting and they just haven't adjusted it since. Yeah, Oladipo is a fantastic play um, in this game. I think that um, he's going to uh, – I think he's going to pop on projection models uh, quite a bit um, today. So definitely going to be looking out for Oladipo in this one. Um, Atlanta at Orlando, no total in this game. Um, it's a back-to-back for Atlanta. Capella is not supposed to return until after the All-Star break, so he's out. Reddish questionable Benbury questionable these guys have been out for a while um Labassier not expected to play Aminu DJ Isaac on the Orlando side all still outs um let's start here with the Orlando Mad or the Atlanta Hawks Trey Young coming off of a really strong game against the Knicks uh played 48 minutes um obviously you know double overtime you know allows you to get to 73 fantasy points he is so expensive in this game Tough defensive matchup here against the Orlando Magic, who have been one of the top defensive efficiency teams all season. What's standing out to you for the Hawks? Yeah, it's a little bit tough coming on the second end of a back-to-back against a tough Orlando team that plays good defense, that plays at a slow pace. I don't know if I can go with anyone, really. Like, Deadman may end up getting minutes, but he's also coming off on the second end of back-to-back. Played 33 minutes last night. Not terrible, but still, second end of back-to-back on the team. I don't know entirely if this is the right spot to go with him. I don't mind it, but like 4,400, it's just too cheap where you kind of have to consider it. Not playing Collins on the second end of back-to-back price to 8,500. Probably not playing her after he just played 40-plus minutes. You can play it a different, few different ways in your head where Teague ends up getting a little bit more run in the game. Priced at 4,500, I think that he offers a little bit of value. Um, it's really just Teague and Deadman. I mean, I'm never going to argue with taking a shot on Trey Young in tournaments, even after last night. Like, he's still a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if they rolled him out for pretty much the entirety of the game here just because that's what they tend to do. And he's a guy that can get hot from behind the arc, get hot anywhere, and end up with 70 points in any given matchup. If you want to play him in tournaments, that's fine. But everything in this situation, second in the back, double OT last night, 
tough Orlando team defensively, slow-paced match. Everything kind of points towards Tim and Collins not being great plays. So really the only guys I'm looking at too much are the cheaper guys in this game. For me, like, this dude's coming off of a 48-minute night. Just returned from, like, he missed a game because he banged up his ankle. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Atlanta sits him in this game. Like, that that's where I'm leaning. Like, him and Collins, like, 48 and 50 minutes against the Knicks on Sunday. Like, sit these guys down. You're probably not going to beat Orlando anyway. Herder played, like, 48 minutes. So, if that happens, it was it is going to open up a ton of value here on Atlanta. If that doesn't happen, I just don't have interest. Like, these guys are going to be gassed um, after playing a double overtime game, flying into Orlando, facing a really good defensive team. Like, just really no interest on the Atlanta side here um, outside of large field tournaments. And even in large field tournaments, I just think there's better options that we're going to get to on this slate. Um, As far as the Magic go, you know – they're a team that I kind of struggle with here too. Like I like the spot for Vooch. I think he's super solid. 8,900 is a tough ask in my opinion. Could he crush his price tag? Sure. Aaron Gordon is a guy that has upside in any matchup. He could crush his price tag. Fultz's price has come up. Fournier's price has come up. Like I'm just not seeing a ton of value here for Orlando, but we do also have to respect that this is a major pace up spot for them going up against Atlanta. Yeah, it's an absolutely fantastic matchup going up against Atlanta. Obviously, it's a pace-up match, but they're not great defensively. It's a good spot for Vooch, Gordon, Fultz, Fournier, Ross. Like, it's a good spot for all of them, but I'm really not looking at almost any of them. It's – I don't know what the spread is right now. Do we have it? Um, I'm not sure if we have it right now just because of the game not ending too long ago, but I can't imagine this game staying close. We don't know exactly if someone's going to sit or not, and okay it's currently set at minus six uh maybe vegas thinks oh wait they already took it off um i can't imagine this game's too, staying too close like check on check on the spread tomorrow check on the total check to see where everything's at because it does line up really well for vooch and even at a 900 a matchup versus Atlanta, he can end up crushing but if someone ends up sitting if collins or trey end up sitting it could very easily turn into a game where they sit one or both of them and I really don't have any interest in any of the priced-up guys. But Ross, I feel like this is a pretty good spot for him. Like, Paced-up matchup. He is getting the minutes recently, right around 30. He's taking shots. He has not shot great recently. But the volume has absolutely been there. 14, 13, 16 shots in the last three games. Pace-up matchup, he could get a little bit higher than that. If he gets hot, they'll keep feeding him the ball. He's a guy that could go for 35-plus in this spot going up against Atlanta if this game stays close. All right, moving on. Minnesota at Toronto. Uh, no total in this game. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is questionable. Layman's out. Marcus All and Powell are still out. Um, and Kyle Lowry is questionable. Uh, let's start here with the Minnesota side of things. Obviously, like the Timberwolves are all dependent on D'Angelo Russell, in my opinion. Like if he plays or if he doesn't play, it makes a huge difference uh, when looking at Minnesota in this game. Yeah, yeah, no, if he if he ends up playing, I don't really know if I have any interest in anyone outside of maybe a flyer on Cat. Russell coming into the game is going to mean McLaughlin, Beasley, both those guys' usage is going to go down drastically. Like, I know they've been putting up big games recently. They could put up a big game again, but if Russell's in there, in all likelihood, Russell's in towns is going to eat up the entirety of the usage for the, for the whole team. It's that simple. If Russell ends up sitting – McLaughlin, I could see playing. Like, he has just been putting up big games ever since he got there and Wiggins is gone. Everything, his price is up, but the volume's been there. He's been dishing out dimes. Like, everything's been there. And Beasley, he's just a shooter that loves to shoot. He's finally in an offense where they need a little bit more usage until Russell ends up getting back. So, I have no problem with playing him at 4,500. Both of them are fine plays. Just it all depends on Russell. If Russell's in there, I'm crossing out nearly everyone outside maybe Cat on this on this slate here. Yeah, if Russell plays, I don't have a ton of interest. I do think McLaughlin is in play regardless. I think he's earned minutes at this point. So I hope – and, like, if Russell plays and he's on the bench, then, like, I just – I don't have as much interest. But if, if Russell sits um, – 
it's hard if Russell sits in this game not to like Malik Beasley too. Um, you know, his price got raised, but coming off a game, you know, played 29 minutes. Um, I just, it's hard not to like him in this spot as well. Um, if Russell sits, so Minnesota, we're just going to kind of be watching the news here. Um, you know, it's looked like Culver is the guy that's taking the biggest hit with the moves here for Minnesota. Okaji is taking a big hit, but it looks like they want to play these guys they traded for. So all aboard. Um, the Toronto side of things here, it you know, Kyle Lowry sits. I think Van Vliet is a guy you could definitely look at. Um, you know, the guy that we've been talking about a lot here recently in large field tournaments is Terrence Davis. Um, another spot that I think Terrence Davis is very much in play. He's gone over 35 fantasy points in three of the last four games. He's still under 5K. $1,000 price increase could scare people off, but Davis more dependent on um, if Kyle Lowry plays or not. I kind of feel like everyone's kind of dependent on if Kyle Lowry plays <laughs> This game, like, question mark, because we're waiting on all the news. Yeah, the point guard, which point guards are in the game is going to drastically change who you end up playing here. If Lowry's out, Davis, yeah, absolutely fantastic, but I don't care about the uptick in price. If Lowry's out, he's going to get the minutes, and he's going to probably end up crushing his value. Like Van Vliet will get an uptick in usage if uh, Lowry is out. Ibaka, probably a guy that I'm going to avoid. I know they'll need his him in the game a decent amount. He should play high 30s minutes. Probably get a decent amount of usage. Could end up being his price tag, but 6500 I feel like, is about where he should be priced at. Siakam, 8100 I don't care. Any given matchup, he can always be his price tag. In play for tournaments, but probably price it where he should be. I'll give him an uptick if Lowry ends up sitting, but it's definitely a spot where Lowry kind of determines who you want to end up playing. Yep, I 100% agree. Really just going to be patiently waiting on news um, in this entire game. Sacramento at Milwaukee, 227 total here. Milwaukee favored by 14 and a half. Um, Bagley and Holmes. Alex Len are all out. Jabari Parker is questionable. And on the Milwaukee side, Giannis is questionable and Hill is out. Uh, let's start here with Sacramento. What are we looking at here on the Kings? I mean, it's a little, little bit tough to end up figuring this out. I think if Parker finally ends up playing, they're going to need a little bit of size going up against Milwaukee. I could see him just falling into a good amount of minutes almost immediately. Like Giles the other night got 28 minutes. 3,500, like just the fact that they're going to need size, I don't know if they're going to do it again. I kind of hope they don't because I don't know if I'm going to end up playing them. But Parker and Giles sitting there at 3,500 with all the bigs out going up against Milwaukee while Brolo and Giannis in the game. If Giannis doesn't end up playing, gives a slight downtick to those guys. But Bielitsa sitting there at 6K, fast up pace game. I know it's a good defensive matchup. But if Giannis ends up playing, I could see playing Bielitsa even at this price tag. He definitely offers a little bit of upside. Buddy always offers some upside, priced about where he should be. Fox, he's been not great recently. This game has a large chance of a blowout. I'm kind of waiting on Giannis. We don't really know if he's going to end up playing or not for personal reasons. So it's something to look at in the morning, but he'll largely dictate who ends up playing in this game. It's tough to look at the night before, but if Giannis is out, definitely gives a bit of an uptick to guys like Fox, Hyde, and Bielitsa in case this game stays close. If Parker ends up playing, I can see playing either him or Giles just because they're Super low price tag. Giannis, questionable. Does not want to play against Sacramento. <laughs> I mean, do you blame him? <laughs> no, I don't. That's the thing. Uh, I don't blame him at all. Like, do your thing, man. Um, you know, open up open up value for me in DFS. That's fine. Um, yeah, obviously, we're going to have to wait and see if Parker is active or not. Like, it makes a difference, in my opinion. Like you said, they're going to need some size here. So, like, Giles is a guy that can play minutes. Bielitsa, I think, is a phenomenal play um, if Parker doesn't play. Even if Giannis sits, um, I still like Bielitsa. Like, eventually you have to think, like, you know, Fox is going to get it going. Um, you know, it's not like he's been terrible, but he hasn't been great. Um, you know, if this game stays close – Fox is a guy you definitely think, you know, like if, if Giannis sits and you're playing like Middleton, Bledsoe, um, probably Ilsova too, like you run it back with a guy like Fox, um, hoping that the game stays close. Like it yeah. becomes it becomes a really interesting game stack if Giannis sits. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
it becomes the same thing it pretty much always is when Giannis sits. Milton, Bledsoe become core plays. Ilyasova's price at 3200 becomes an absolute chalk spot. Obviously, Giannis wasn't really expected to sit, and it's for personal reasons. So if we get news on it, then this is kind of the chalk spot, and you want to bring it back with Sacramento guys. Kind of depends on the Jabari news, but you end up playing the big guys. I don't know. It's it's super interesting, and I always hate it when Giannis sits and they have to think guys priced a little bit too low because Middleton, 7900 too low price considering what he can end up doing with Giannis there. And without Giannis there and the potential usage, Bledsoe, same thing, Brolo. Defensive, whatever his name is, uh, Ilyasova, all these guys are going to end up being the chalk on the slate. Same thing it is with every single time that Yas ends up sitting. And chances are you probably eat it. I'd be a little bit more apt to play Bledsoe over Middleton just because of the price difference, but they're all very much in play. Yeah, plenty of different ways to attack this spot if Giannis sits, but Ilyasova at 3,200 would become the massive, massive chalk, in my opinion, on this slate. If you have 80% ownership on you you may possibly be underweight. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, DraftKings has done a great job throughout the year when we get news on studs sitting, like changing, adjusting pricing. But, like, I don't think anybody really expected Giannis to potentially sit in this game looking at the pricing. So, um, all right, moving right along here. We have Utah at Dallas, 222 total. Dallas favored by one in this game. It's a back-to-back for Utah. Um, on the Dallas side, Luca and Powell are still out. Um, let's start here with Utah. Anything standing out to you here? Not really. Um, I mean, like always, Mitchell, Gobert, both in play. Both have some upside. Mitchell has been playing great recently. Conley coming back and playing minutes is kind of eaten into his production. Like, it's eaten into Ingle's production greatly. Gobert has not been doing great. Honestly, like, this is a nine-game slate. Everyone's, like, there's a lot of mispricings. There's a lot of good plays. I, I'm, I'm kind of crossing out Utah. Like, I'm just kind of crossing out all these guys. Don't really feel a need to play any of them. I think if you're going to get any upside from any of them, it's probably going to be Conley. But on second end of back-to-back, I'm really not going to be surprised if they end up sitting him. I, I don't it, – this game's a – like, wait for the Conley news. Wait to see if anyone's sitting on the second end of back-to-back, and that'll kind of determine if Conley's out. Ingles, Clarkson, both could be potentially in for a big increase in either playing time or fantasy protection or both. But as of right now, I don't really know if I want to play a single person in this matchup unless we get news that someone's going to be sitting. Yeah, the guy that I think I have the most interest here is Gobert. Um, I think he has some solid upside. I don't mind Mitchell. I think Mitchell's kind of priced right around where he should be. But I like Rudy – go bear in this spot i think that you know if you want to take a shot on him um i don't really have an issue playing him at all but um on the dallas side of things you know porzingis obviously um did not play saturday for rest purposes he's been dealing with a little bit of a you know injury um but his usage has been absolutely insane when luca's been off the floor what are you looking at here for dallas I get it's a tough matchup going against Utah, but it's a second of back-to-back. I think Porzingis is going to crush him. I absolutely love him. One of my favorite higher price spends up spend-ups. He's going to go for over 50. He pretty much does it every single time Luka's not in the game. I don't care if it's a tough matchup. Outside of him, like Brunson, Curry, Hardaway are all fine plays. Like Figure out which one you want to end up going with, but I'd probably be more apt to play Curry than the other guys. I think there's a spot where they end up giving WCS some minutes. Obviously, going up against Gobert, they're going to need a little bit more size. I'm not sure Porzingis is the best matchup going up against him. He got 25 going up against Charlotte. I think it's a spot where we could see WCS seeing another 25, 30-minute game. So I really like him, and that's pretty much it. It's Porzingis and WCS. Like, if you want to game stack it up, if you're rolling it back with Gobert, if Conley ends up getting ruled out or some other guy ends up getting ruled out and it becomes a little bit more advantageous to play some Utah guys I could absolutely see throwing in Brunson Curry or Hardaway with Curry being my favorite of the three but right now it's Porzingis is an absolute lock and load and WCS is a guy that I could uh, take a few shots on in tournaments yeah you know Seth obviously a guy um, that has upside he's gonna shoot the only thing that kind of concerns me like this whole situation is like Courtney Lee out of nowhere is playing minutes um, off the bench too. So 
the whole situation is kind of weird, but you know, I I don't mind the you know Willie Cauley Stein tournament play, and you know Seth Curry is a guy that like I really don't have an issue taking a shot on him in large field tournaments here. Um, San Antonio at Denver. We got a 221 total here. Denver favored by eight in this game. Um, nothing on the injury report for San Antonio night before. Will Barton is out. Porter Jr. is out. And Plumlee's out on Denver. Uh, what are we looking at here on San Antonio? Uh, a little bit of a tough matchup with San Antonio going up against Denver, playing in Denver. But I, DeRozan, Aldridge, like Murray, he did have that big game the other night. But still, we've seen it at the beginning of the season. We saw it again last night. The Spurs are a little bit tough to peg on any given night. Uh, he's playing 25 to 30 minutes every single night at his current price tag. Offers a little bit of upside if he ends up going like he did against Sacramento, but it's not really something we can count on. It's a tough matchup going up against Denver. They got Murray back in the game, and it's not an easy defensive matchup. So going up against Jamal Murray and going up against the Denver defense where they're a little bit more healthy, even though they still are missing some guys, not a spot where I really want to end up going with Jante Murray. DeRozan, a little bit up and down. Aldridge, a little bit up and down. It's the same thing as always. But the price tags, considering what DeRozan's usage has been over the last month or so, he has some upside. He has a 50-point game in him. I like him, even though it's a tough matchup. I'm all right with LMA, but the price tag's about where it is. I'm not taking a shot on White, Lyles, Forbes, any of these other guys, unless we get news of someone sitting. So as of this moment right now, night before, it's DeRozan being my favorite play from the game, Aldridge being a possible play, and then a cross off of the rest of the guys. Yeah, just not a ton of interest here outside of DeRozan. Um, I, I think you can take a shot on – LaMarcus Aldridge, if you want to, like, I don't think that, like, it's not a spot that I would necessarily talk you off of. Um, so for me, I don't have a ton of interest here outside of like, you know, if you're playing some of these San Antonio or Denver guys, like if you're playing Jokic, if you're playing, if you're playing maybe Jordan McRae or somebody like, we'll talk about it here in a second, but if you're playing some of these Denver guys, um, you know, obviously I don't mind, you know, running it back. Um, all right, Grant, let's talk the other side of this game. Let's talk Denver. I, th- I think, like, going into this slate, they're one of the biggest question marks for me because, like, Millsap's back. Um, some of these guys are back. It's just, like, it- are they going to, like, give McCray minutes, um, you know, with these injuries? Is it going to be Monte Morris? Um, what do you think here when it comes to Denver? Yeah, it's a little bit tough to peg, and I think this isn't really the spot that's going to – it's a real McRae spot. I could see him getting in the game, eating up a bunch of usage and getting a few minutes, but honestly, I'm not going to be surprised with more likely outcome is that they don't give him a ton of minutes because like they still have Gary Harris. They're probably going to need his defense to shut down DeRozan a bit. I know he's got – like he's more entrenched in this offense. The Denver offense – or Denver defense kind of runs on a little bit of trust on each other. It's why they've been so – good defensively and that why you see guys like Barton and Murray year over year ended up getting better on the defensive end. So I'm not sure they're going to give him, end up giving him a ton of minutes until he's fully entrenched in this offense and defense, but he could potentially do it tonight. And at 4,900 in a spot going up against San Antonio, that's not really a good defensive team. We could see him getting the minutes. Millsap Grant with Millsap back. I'm not trusting his minutes. He put up a big game the other night. He's not going to play a ton of minutes. You can always take a shot on him in tournaments, but not a guy I'm going to end up going with. Grant with Millsap coming back. Minutes are going to go down. Not a spot I want to go with him. Joker and Murray are the two main guys I'm looking at. I, by the way, I don't, yeah, I don't think this is a Morris game. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of production from Morris. I'm not playing him at all. I could be wrong, but just with everyone that's back and everyone that's out and McCray coming in and probably having his first night, I don't see Morris getting a ton of minutes or a ton of usage or probably even Craig. Craig could do it, but I don't think I'm taking a shot on him. To me, it's Joker and it's Murray. Murray can absolutely have a big game any given night. Going up against the other Murray, like not a great defensive matchup, but he could end up going off against any given matchup. He had a big game the other night, but he shot out of his mind. But prior to that, still had a 26-shot game. I believe it was in overtime. But Joker, Murray, two guys that I'm probably looking at in this spot, but I'm not overwhelmingly excited to play either of them. like, it's just the spend-up guys. Like, you can't take a shot on McRae. Wait to hear if we hear any information tomorrow. It's a 7 o'clock game. So, he's a guy that you're more swapping over to in the late games if you have some uh, points to make up for. 
But I, I think that it'll still likely be, if he is introduced into the rotation, it's still going to be a small number of minutes just trying to have him figure things out. You see, I like Jamal Murray in this spot a lot. Um, I think this is a good spot for Jokic, too. I hate playing Jokic, but I do think this is – Really? A, yeah. D- d- new. Hey, I got to I gotta say it for, like, the new people. Like, you know, there's, there's new people that listen to the podcast that don't know. But, um, yeah, I just – I think this is a great spot for Jamal Murray. I think that, you know, the defense here, this game is a game that, like, could tend to have a little bit more pace. Obviously, like, San Antonio is a team that's kind of middle of the road um, pace-wise. Denver is the second slowest team in the NBA pace-wise. So, this game could tend to have a little bit more pace, um, which I think will benefit a guy like Jamal Murray. So, especially Will Barton out, the usage could be up uh, for Murray in this game. But, don't sleep on Jokic here. Ten two. Um, you know, he's a guy that could easily go for sixty plus fantasy points. So don't sleep on Jokic. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all that's all, that's all I got for you, Jokic people. Phoenix at LA take it on the Lakers. Two twenty eight total here. Um Lakers favored by twelve in this game. Aiton is questionable. Baines is out. Tyler Johnson's out, Kaminsky's out, Sarge's out. Lakers good to go. Um, anything stand out to you for Phoenix? I mean, if Aiton ends up missing, they're going to need some size. Is it Diallo spot? <laughs> uh, um, maybe. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to have any guys. Um, the, like, like, by default, I would think it would be Diallo. Yeah, it's going to definitely be interesting if Baines ends up missing, I think you have to take a shot on Diallo, and Diallo's probably going to end up being the shock uh, just based on scarcity. They're going to need some size going up against the Lakers with Davis, McGee, and everyone else. So I have to assume that Diallo's going to end up getting the minutes, and he's a decent point-per-minute guy. Like, 3,100, going to credit. This could be an extreme stars and scrubs slate here just based on the previous night's injuries. If Aiden ends up playing, obviously worth a tournament shot. Even at 9-3, I know he's priced up, but he can have a 60-plus point game at any given time, even against a tough Lakers team that's been really good versus big so far this year. Booker, Oubre, Rubio, it's a tough matchup. Booker is probably my favorite of those three. Like, if Aiden ends up missing, it makes all of them viable plays, like just with the increase in usage and everything. But Booker at 8K is a guy that can go off at any given time. If Aiden ends up playing, then I still have a little bit of interest in Booker, strictly in GBPs. If Aiden is playing, I'm crossing Oubre and Rubio entirely off my wrist or off my list. Bridges, Johnson, pretty much everyone outside of Diallo. Well, if well, if Aiden's out, I'm crossing or in, I'm crushing Diallo off my list. But if Aiden's playing, then I might only play Booker in this game, and that's it. Yeah, like Phoenix pricing is kind of right where it should be. Um, you know, Oubre has. A guy that has, you know, all, you know, shown some really solid upside. He's been taking a ton of shots here recently. Um, so, Ubre like, has some upside. Rubio's price is fantastic. If you want to take a shot on Rubio in tournaments, I do think he's a guy that could potentially come in lower own that, you know, has the upside to win you a tournament. So, I know he's been terrible recently. I get that. But I, I just – he's too good of a player in general um, to keep being stinky. Um, on the Lakers side of things, like yeah. Anthony Davis and LeBron both put up, you know, 50 to 65 fantasy points in this game. I just don't know if it's enough. Yeah. I mean, it kind of depends on the rest of the slate here. We might need to pay up for guys. I think both James and Davis are fine plays. It's a good matchup going up against Phoenix. Like either one of them can end up crushing here. They're the only two I have interest in. Like, I'm crossing everyone else off the list. There's going to be too much value on the slate, almost no matter how the injuries end up playing out. So everyone else is just a cross-off for me. But Davis and James, it's obviously a good matchup. We kind of have to wait and see how chalky they're going to be and how big of a stars and scrub slate. If there's going to be some mega chalk on a lot of the scrubs, just because like we got eight news, we got the Milwaukee news, we, got, we have four potential super chalky guys at – the 3K price range or three potential super chat guys at 3K price range. I could see a lot of other people strictly going for a lot of the other spend up spots. Like 
Joker, Trey Young if he ends up playing, uh, Towns, but it all depends on what the ownership of the stars are. Neither James nor Davis pop off the page as t- good, great plays in this matchup. Probably going to end up around 50 to 60. One of them will go 60. One of them will get 50. I don't know which one's which. Um, but, like, neither of them stand off the page. It would strictly be an ownership play based on everything else. Or if you need to pivot based on fading chalk or not fading chalk that end up just not going off. But, yeah, numbers say, like, none of them stand out as great point-per-dollar plays. It's just kind of the way the slate may end up playing out. So, Kind of pay attention to crunch time grinders live tomorrow. That'll more determine it once we get a little bit more news. All right, let's finish up here with Miami at Golden State. No total in this game. Um, some question marks here for Miami. You know, back to back for Miami. Is Butler going to play? Is Hero going to play? As far as Golden State goes, um, there's nobody on the injury report outside of, you know, Clay and Curry. Um, what are we looking at when it comes to Miami? I guess, man, this is one of those spots where, like, it stinks that this is the late game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and they're not going to go through shoot-around, so we may not get news until a bit later. This is going to be a tough one, but it may offer you a little bit of ways to pivot off of some of the chalk and maybe the Milwaukee game an hour into lock if you're making some ground up. Like, it offers a huge edge, I think, if you are – able to late swap and able to do your research and you can move things around a little bit. Like if everyone ends up playing, I think Bam's a fine play going up against Golden State, but decent chance of a blood. If Butler ends up sitting, then Bam becomes a really good play. I think versus Golden State in this game might stay a little bit closer. Hero, if Hero and Butler are both out, I think that none Dragic are both fine plays. I think that none he's gonna end up putting up a large volume of shots, a better defensive matchup better pace matchup than he's seen in a while. And he still put up 19 shots in the last game, 17 shots in the game before. He's going to end up getting the minutes. I still think he offers some upside. We've seen him put up 40, 50 earlier on the season and even earlier on the month. We could see another spot like that again. I don't think he's going to draw a lot of ownership at 6K. I think that he's the guy that I ended up going with. Outside of them, like Derek Jones Jr. going up against Golden State, he's going to end up playing the minutes. He's got upside just based on the pace, and he can do stuff. He can put up a little bit of a dud, but we've seen him put up upside. His price tag of 4900 is a little bit up, so I don't see him drawing a ton of ownership. But really, like, it all depends on what injuries are going to end up happening, who's going to end up playing. Like, I just don't know exactly who's going to be end up being the game. I mean, we still have Iguodala potentially playing. Like, Jay Crowder ended up playing, could end up playing. I don't know. You have to wait on the news, and we should get some of the news earlier on in the day, but we may be waiting for a little bit of other news later on. Yeah, this is one of those spots where, like, it starts an hour and a half after the game. So hopefully, like, we'll get some news here from Miami throughout the day and be able to kind of base our decisions on, you know, whether or not Butler is going to play because like they make, it just makes a huge difference. If Butler doesn't play, this game likely stays close. Um, it offers a ton of fantasy value just because this game stays close. It's a matchup against this terrible defensive team. So, like Butler makes a huge difference. Butler in or out, Bam is a fantastic play here. Like in or out, Bam is a guy you could definitely take a shot on here. Um, if Butler sits, none. It, 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 Butler and Hero both sit none. Um, Gordrogic, you know, Robinson, Jones Jr., um, you know, Jay Crowder, he we'll have to kind of see they're they're playing as we're recording right now. So like we'll have to kind of see what type of rotation they use with Jay Crowder. He was supposed to play on Sunday, so um we'll have to kind of see. Um because it wasn't it Iggy, like he he was supposed to play on Sunday too, wasn't he? Yeah, I think I heard that. I'm pulling it up to see if – because the game's probably like – Yeah, Spolzer's basically said, like, whether he yeah, likes so it or not, Gordon, he's, we're going to have him play. Graduate, or, um, Crowder played 35 minutes. Iggy played 23 minutes. So Okay. Crowder is probably one of the top value plays on the slate at 4,500. No reason yeah. that he shouldn't play a back-to-back. I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't play a back-to-back, but if Butler ends up playing on the second end to the back-to-back, like, it could give a decrease ah, give to – Butler the day off. It's, it's Golden State. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Wiggins looks real good. Maybe he makes him a winning team. No, he doesn't. Um, Duncan Robinson played really well, too, against Portland. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be 
it'll be interesting to see what rotation they end up going with. But just wait on news. Like, yeah, we were recording as this game was still finishing up. So, yeah, sorry, trying to process everything from the game. Yeah, no, it's a Crowder is a great value play, I think, regardless. But still, like, weighing on Butler. If Butler's out, then yeah, Crowder, Robinson, maybe Iggy again, although second number of the back-to-back I don't expect at this point in the season, especially against Golden State. So wouldn't be surprised if they gave them the game off. Um, yeah, none, Bam, Crowder, Robinson probably. All right. Um, Golden State. <laughs> Golden State. Um, any interest here in Golden State, guys? Not, I mean, Wiggins may continue to keep doing what he's doing, but still a matchup versus Miami. It's not going to be an easy matchup for them. This game could very easily end up turning into a blowout. Like, he's a fine play, but he's really not a great play, especially when you consider the rest of the games on the slate. I don't hate it, but I don't mind it. Like, the last game against the Lakers, he put up 40 points, but he had five steals and block. Don't really expect that out of him again. Like, no reason to think that he would end up doing that again. The shot volume may end up being there, especially with the lack of other shot shooters. shooters. And this game, like, don't really expect him. I could see a decent game out of Draymond Green. Chris is priced up too highly, Pascal. Bowman, like all of them are priced about where they should be. And it's a tough matchup. So I really don't see any of them beating value and definitely not beating value that you need for a nine game slate. Wiggins is the only possibility, but the numbers really don't justify playing him. I don't think I'm going to play him. It's probably Draymond Green as a GPP play and mostly a late swap GPP play if you need to make up some ground and go a little bit different. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and we will get out of here. Um, Grant, give me your favorite play under 5K to 7X. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. That's that's super tough considering everyone. I'm trying to remember. There was someone that I was for sure going to end up going with as my play, and I'm trying to – I don't want to say Oladipo because that's just way, way too obvious, but I may get stuck going with him. Oladipo. I was taking a few didn't, so that's fine. Um, I'm going to go with P.J. Washington. Yeah. There could be like 10 guys that end up crushing value under 5K, or there's going to like be 10 to 15 guys based on the injuries. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I can, oh, over 8K to go under 5X. Sorry, I couldn't remember the question. Uh, Collins. All right. I like that one. I think I'm going to (laughs) go. It's against everything I am, but I'm going to take Trey Young. I mean, he just played 48 minutes. Be gassed. Um, Give me your favorite 6X play on the slate. Man, I really need to start writing down my plays. As I go along, because there was someone that I absolutely loved in this spot, and I just can't remember who it is. Um, I don't know. Go. I'll just go with Porzingis. All right. Um, I'm gonna go with Brogdon. Love the spot for Brogdon. I mean, I talked about him a lot when we were going over games. Um. Let's get weird GPP play of the day. I guess Jamal Murray. I like that. I, one. I just, oh, yeah. it'd be really interesting to see what his ownership comes in at, but I, yeah. I like that one. I was going to say Reggie Jackson just because of his price tag, but I still imagine some people have some ownership in him. Uh, I'm going to go Ricky Rubio as my let's get weird GPP play of the day. Uh, game selection question, Grant, what's standing out to you today? I mean, this is more for people with small bankrolls. Um, it's raked decently, but the 50K $1 tournaments, 20 entry max, like if you're trying to build a bankroll, like the uptop payout is not that extensive. You're not going to lose a lot of money in any given matchup. It's going to give you a little bit of experience, 
using a lineup builder or something similar, or even creating 20 entries by hand. Like it's a minimum 2x payout. 25% of people are paid only 2K up top. So you're not going to make a ton of money, but it's a $1 entry. Like if you're a low bankroll guy, it's a great way to get some experience. And if you're trying out NBA for the first time, it's probably the top thing to do. And you can play multiple lineups. And so you're not just drawing one dead in the water, not putting a ton of money online. But yeah, if you're a low bankroll guy, it's a great thing. Um, I'm going to go over to Fandle today. We have our single entry series going over there on Fandle right now. Uh, the $5 single entry tournament on Fandle is where the Rotor Grinders tournament is going on today. It's the 40K um, NBA assists, $5 single entry. Pays 23 or 24.7% of the field. Min cash is 2X, top 10 is 30%. First place is 10X like or 10%. Like This is a gorgeous payout um, or gorgeous tournament structure. The only thing it, it's the same thing we're always going to complain about, but the only thing that I could really complain about when looking at this tournament um, is the rake, but really like this is a really, really, really strong um, tournament for all bankroll players. So make sure you're checking that out. Um, Grant, any final thoughts? Um, no, no pay attention to injury news. Be uh, be ready to eat some chalk tomorrow. I will tweet out my sharp side play. We don't have a ton of lines out. Um, we well, went, I went four for four last week, so I have a four win streak going. Did not play on the weekend, never play on the weekends. Um, NBA usually, so I'll tweet that out. Um, that's gonna wrap it up. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more hoops. He is Genie for I am Stevie. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. See you, kids.